Hey fellow GNTers, those of us who like our spirituality shaken, not stirred. Uh, this episode is the first in a three-part series on You Only Live Once, YOLO, or Do You Only YOLO, and How Would You Know Lo? Hmm. We discuss such questions with friend of the show, Justin Key. Justin is a lecturer in the Department of Political Studies at Lake Forest College, where he teaches courses on the law and society. His degrees are in computer science at Northwestern University and in law with a focus on intellectual property from Loyola University Chicago School of Law. He is currently writing America Decontented, upcoming 2022, about the decaying substance of the American civic, cultural, and material heritage. In this episode, one of three is Heaven Heavenly. We discussed the American cultural ideas of what happens after death, starting with the Christian one, including the concept of heaven as reward or possible punishment, and the binary notions inherent in heaven and hell. Daniel's favorite line involves the phrase, infinite copies of a Christian heaven. Hmm. He also points out that we are fortunate to be able to discuss such topics. There was a large chunk of human history where that would not even have been possible. Well said, Daniel. I have my own personal minor show note to add. In the episode, I talk about typical YouTube videos with titles like uh, Atheist Sam Harris Bludgeons Daniel Craig, which make, might make one wonder, what would Sam Harris have against James Bond? The name I was searching for was William Craig. He's a Christian philosopher who's always appearing in these online, online debates. Uh, and for the record, neither Daniel uh, nor I want to see him nor Sam Harris bludgeoned. Okay, uh, enjoy the episode. Welcome to Gin and Tantra, spirituality with a twist. The podcast that takes Tantrism, Buddhism, Taoism, Sufism, Kabbalism, Shamanism, Chinese medicineism. <laughs> and all of the other isms we've been influenced by and blends them into a tall, crisp, cool cocktail your spirit has been longing for. I want for. you to get together. Now isn't that refreshing? I want you to get together. Hey fellow GNTers, those of us who like our spirituality with a twist, uh, so today we have a different kind of episode for you. We have on a definite friend of the show and full disclosure, long-term personal friend of mine, Justin Key. Thanks for coming on, Hustino. Thanks for having me. That should be a good conversation. So as part of our intro to spirituality, Lamrim stages of the path series that Daniel and I have been doing uh, the last few episodes, we got to this thing called preciousness of human life this feeling of uh, the deep value of our lives, really appreciate them. And then the next point is the acknowledgement of the finiteness of that life. Just recognizing mortality is kind of a fact, but also seeing that as a spur to make the most of our lives and our time. So you can kind of check back on that episode too before this one. And uh, what that naturally leads to is the next step in the stages of the path conversation, the Tibetan Buddhist philosophy is contemplating what happens after death if anything at all. So Daniel had this thought, which I think is a really good one, that we should have someone else on to sort of just represent a different point of view and thought process around these questions. And I thought that was a good idea, Daniel. Um, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So what were you thinking with that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, people are going to, are going to hear us talk and they're probably going to have their own questions as they should, if they're, you know, listening actively, you know, not just sort of taking what we're saying as like, you know, gold. And, you know, I was kind of asking you if you had somebody who would, you know, be willing to not engage in a debate, but in, in, engage in a conversation of being very truthful and asking meaningful questions and providing meaningful dialogue on, you know, something that we're working on in terms of providing information for folks. And you had mentioned Justin and, um, you know, so I just figured that would be a great idea to give kind of like, you know, Justin would be kind of like the intelligent audience, you know, in this case, and being able to engage back and forth with ideas and not just from, you know, kind of a one-way dialogue or not like a one-way kind of, not a tirade, but like a soliloquy, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, you know, and so he could be able to provide his insights and his things like that. So this way people who are listening understand that like we're trying to at least at, at bare minimum start a dialogue with people, you know, and we certainly would love feedback and comments and emails and stuff like that to kind of help us provide information that's useful for people, but then also to be able to dissect it as we're going through it so that it's not just that here's Eric and Daniel's thoughts. What do you, you know what I'm saying? Like, at least we have some people in here who have their own opinions, but at least are interested in the topic. So um, definitely, you know, glad to have Justin on it and, and hear his takes on these things. Yeah. So I definitely had the feeling like we're presenting these Asian spiritual philosophies, but you know, that's not all that exists in the world. And, mm -hmm. and we want to be very inclusive and, you know, um, cast a broad net to catch all kinds of ideas and, you know, people can have their own thoughts and it's, it's just really good that we're doing this. So, yeah. And the other thing we had talked about in the pre-meeting, all of us, the, the pre-episode stuff was that we really don't want like a debate thing. I guess it's ironic because we're recording this like after the first presidential debate in the United States. Well, for air, international air listeners, air, air yes. quotes around debate. Yeah. yeah, which I didn't watch, but apparently was quite the like two trains on the same track crashing into one another. Um, so we didn't want to do the standard like here's the person, here's the religious person versus the non-religious person or atheist person. And there's a bunch of gotcha moments and mm -hmm. all that. So, you know, Justin and I, we definitely talked about that and just how that really goes nowhere. And Correct. you had some feelings about that, too. Right, Justin? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, Eric, uh, over the past 25 or so odd years that you and I have been having uh, kind of this series of conversations, um, I really kind of kind of left my absolutist point of view and started to really kind of soften around the edges and I think kind of uh, understand where you're coming from more and more. It's taken a great deal of time, a quarter century, but, uh, but I'm glad we've had these discussions uh, to date. Well, you know, and like, this is like a, a testament to like, first of all, good friendship. And Daniel and I have done episodes just about like how important relationships and friendships are. And then also just, mm -hmm. you know, about dialogue, right? Like you can dialogue with people and you just learn. So we've definitely done a lot of learning together over the years for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so where would you All guys right. like to start off? So we're going through and I think right now we're into this question of, oh, you know, before we, before we go, the other thing we had mentioned, and it's like Daniel's point, and I always love to bring it up whenever it comes up, is when you have a lot of these sort of debates, you get these sort of you know, Daniel's favorite theme of like violent social media language, right? Where, uh, you know, the two people are in debate and the one person like bashes the other person. Like, you know, the, the language online is like, uh, you know, Sam Harris bludgeons uh, Christian Daniel Cred, you know, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know? So it's just, you know, if you want to, you know, if we just want to acknowledge that, we definitely don't want to have any of that stuff too, right? And that's one of your favorite points, Daniel, right? Yeah, I mean, the use of, you know, well, in that case, in particular, you know, written language, as we had on Aaron, 
uh, Greenberg a few episodes ago talking about the difference between the written language and the spoken word in terms of, you know, broadcast media and how they're, you know, I guess trans transmuted in, within somebody um, that the difference between them. So I'm not so worried about that here, but if anything ever gets transcribed, I don't, I don't think we'll be bashing each other uh, in that way. But, you know, Eric, if, if, if it is happening, I'm definitely going to drop a people's elbow off the top rope. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think the whole thing is that the whole, the whole, the whole exercise we're trying to do here is like anti that stuff, like the exact yeah. opposite. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's always nice to kind of like point that out, but if you have to mm-hmm. like, if you have to like, you know, go a little rough and you know toss someone through the ropes then you just go there daniel you know that's that's it sometimes it has to be done that's right (laughs) sometimes the rock just has to cook there's nothing you can do right isn't that the old thing (laughs) that's it all right so i think the major question that like comes up in i think the stages of the past stuff we're doing the big you know philosophical question i think everybody has to think about is is there something that transcends the body whether you call that consciousness or soul or spirit, and what could that thing be like if there was such a thing? And it seemed like the place to start was just to look at like how this is thought about in American culture and then kind of think about what it's like in Buddhist thought. So I guess the first thing would be, you know, there's like probably two major worldviews in the United States. Let's see if we all agree on that. And one sort of more the Christian informed worldview and the other is the more scientific informed worldview. And we all kind of live within that. Does that seem right to you, Justin? Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and again, I, you know, Christ, Christianity being the dominant uh, religious paradigm, but you know, I, I would I would broaden that to just include um, all three of the monotheistic religions, yeah. um, even though uh, Judaism and Islam being smaller proportion, I think the you can kind of like put them all together in terms of this analysis of being having this kind of uh, eternalist point of view that you can elaborate on. Yeah, it seems like that's kind of a thing. Do you see it the same way, Daniel? Do you see it like, I guess you're right. Islam and Judaism are in there too, right? Yeah, actually, actually, Justin took the words right out of my mouth. So this debate's not going to be that intense because we're all going to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but oh, no, to, 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 totally agree. To, totally agree. Because the, I think at the core, they, when it comes to this particular point, they may have different variances on it, but the, the core belief is, is really similar. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because I think I'm the only person in this particular, uh, you know, virtual room here that was raised Christian at all. I was raised Catholic. <clears throat> did you get any of that stuff at all? Either one of you? No, no, I, I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> okay. I did. So, yeah. My, my family is, um, they're, they're, they're pretty Orthodox, uh, Christian, you know, or, or I guess, I guess Catholic Orthodox Catholic. I'm not really exactly sure. I never asked too many questions, you know, but you know, my family, very, you know, everybody got confirmed and they did catechism and they, you know, like the Sunday schools and they were all in the church in terms of, you know, working with the, you know, we have some, but one of my uh, second cousins who's actually the, the pastor of, or the, the priest, the head priest of the church now, people became deacons. So, you know, it's definitely in the, it's in my family. So I do have a lot of, not, I can't say a lot, but some familiarity with it from, um, from an influential standpoint in terms of like you people passing their traditions and their beliefs forward to their children. Obviously I don't share every single one of them as my mind has moved on in life, but I know the pressure that I think some people feel in terms of their family trying to indoctrinate them to their own beliefs. You know, it's interesting about that. I always think of you as sort of more like a Sufi, you know, like mystic person from your mom, but I guess you have another, another branch of the family that's more like that. Mm. 
Well, my mom, okay. you know, my mom is kind of the rogue and, and stu studied religion on her own. And so, you know, I've sort of inherited that from her. So, you know, fortunate to be able to do so. All right. So, okay. It's interesting. So, okay. So here's the setup for this. So let's, let's see what we think here. So uh, Justin brought up this term eternalism. Uh, he and I have talked about this in uh, a nice image of the term. So in Buddhism, mm -hmm. they have this idea that, you know, there's kind of two, they'll call it extreme views. We're not trying to be judgy about anyone's views, but this is the way Buddhism certainly talks about Buddhism. It's this idea. I think that what I got in Christianity, which is this notion that, you know, after death, there's this soul that kind of is just like a little version of you and then kind of just like continues on probably into some kind of afterlife, hopefully into a heavenly one and hopefully not into a negative one. But that's sort of like the standard Christian view. Uh, is that the way uh, both of you would see that? Daniel, go ahead. OK, yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty standard view. Yeah. Did you grow up with that, too, uh, Daniel? Yes. Yeah. That was the, uh, you know, that was the, you know, I think it, and you know, because I was younger, I wasn't able to ask the kind of questions I probably would be able to ask at this point. Um, but I, I feel like, and, and specifically with Christianity, the way to that is specifically through taking on Christ as the, you know, son of God, God incarnate, you know, right. Like that. So that view is, is taken from that, you know, I guess as that's kind of like the, uh, the stick or the carrot at the end of the stick, you know, or something like that. Yeah. 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 Something like that. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. You know, I, I kind of looked at it from an outsider's perspective because I wasn't raised from a, any particular religious tendency um, that, you know, for example, and we can get to this with this um, uh, a little bit later in discussion, you know, the Christian idea of heaven, right. Where, mm. and Eric, you and I have talked about this, where it's this kind of like vision of, you know, you'll see all your dead relatives and your dead puppy. And it's this kind of idyllic vision that exists for eternity, right? So it's a static type of environment that is presented as a very appealing thing to people as a reward for living a virtuous life. Mm. And I always thought that was just a kind of, there was something unsettling about that. Perhaps you guys could expound upon that a little bit. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, I almost felt like, and we've talked about this a little bit, it almost could feel, okay, from a Buddhist point of view, I think a lot of that kind of reads as kind of like a folk religion kind of a thing. You know, um, uh, where you're going to be, you know, sort of in a forever place, you know, with uh, your ex-wife who can't stand you anymore, you know, <laughs> and your grandma and, you know, your parakeet who died when you were young or something, you know, that you always love that bird. You know, it's a it is a kind of a funny thing. And I, I think I don't know if in Buddhism they're trying to, like, exactly mock people for that, though we're kind of I don't know we're being playful with it, but I don't think it's meant to be mocked. I think it's, but it is kind of probably thought of as kind of like uh, more of a naive or folk kind of way of looking at things. And it probably just is not a bad thing for people, but it probably is the kind of thing that happens when people are presented with a worldview, but they just haven't thought it through that much. Something like that. Does that make sense to you, Daniel? Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, you know, I could hear there's probably some people whose ears are probably already steaming at this point. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But okay. It's, I don't know. I mean, I, I think if you, if you view it from the perspective of trying to have it as a sort of mm, moral compass, right? Like if you do these things, then you will end up with the reward at the end, right? Which is kind of how we train 
people and animals in general, right? And this was kind of like the really the predominant way that people learn stuff for a really long time, you know, in, in society that it, it works out to be okay, I think, from that perspective. But then once, you know, society has grown and, and there's other laws in place, not just the laws of religion in this, in this case, it, it loses a little bit of its effect in that, like, actually, when we're talking about it, it sounds really selfish. I know maybe that's like some kind of blasphemous idea, but Eric, you're mentioning it, and Justin, you were too, as you mentioned it, as like a reward, heaven as a reward. Yeah. But I mean, like, as a reward for whom? Like, so right. now I'm going to get what I want. So what does that exclude that you from getting what you want? I know that's kind of sort of like a reductionistic view on it, but like, it seems like that, like everybody who I ever loved, my parakeets and my dogs and everybody's going to be there with me forever. But like, what about what's, what's, what's their heaven like? Well, Is it the yeah. same as mine? There's, there's, there's a couple of problems that I just want to elucidate here on it. Uh, mm -hmm. One is that I think, you know, the, the, the afterlife notion, it's a binary notion, right? It's either heaven or hell, at least mm -hmm. in the Christian tradition. So there's no gray area. There's no graduation. There's no how good were you versus how bad were you. Um, it's it's a, an absolute binary yes or no, true or false, uh, false dichotomy. Uh, and it's kind of simplistic in that way, I would say. Um, a way of thinking about the world where all the good people go to heaven, your grandma was good, but you know, so-and-so was a bad person. You'll never see them again because they're you know, <laughs> an eternal hellfire. Um, there's, there's that yeah, one could, one could say that's a little extremist. <laughs> I think it's a good call. It's a bit extreme. Uh -huh. Sure, sure. And, and the second point is that, you know, I, I, I refer to like, you know, C.S. Lewis in The Last Battle, right, where he has this, uh, the end of the world occurs and the uh, children are, basically brought into heaven, which is a form of the world that is more real than the world they were leaving, whether it be Narnia or England, right? Um, and this world gets more and more complex, expands further and further. And Aslan, who is the Jesus symbol, speaks as the, to the children, go further up and higher in, further up and higher in. And as they go further up and higher in to explore this heavenly paradise, um, it becomes indescribably uh, wonderful, and the book ends. Uh, you know, and I read that when I was nine uh, because it's a children's book, and it really spoke to me at the time. But you know, I look at it today, and I'm like, is that is that a view that adults walking around who have strong beliefs on it is that how they would visualize this type of you know, eternalism, if you will, the, the afterlife as this kind of like never-ending parade of circuses and, 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 and wonderments. I'm just curious what you guys think about that. You know, what's funny about that to me is when I think about, you know, so C.S. Lewis is this, you know, Christian theologian, you know, philosopher, writer. And he, I mean, he's a very good writer, I think, with that, you know? And I've read things for him that I found to be pretty moving. Uh, I think what you're describing, Justin, what really strikes me about that is like, I think that's probably a more sophisticated theology than you would get from uh, maybe a lot of stuff that's in like, like your standard popular American Christianity, because you keep going up and up and probably you're heading towards the divine on some level. Right. And so you're probably getting to something that's more transcendent. And, you know, you and I were talking in the in the pre-episode thing, 
Yeah, there's kind of like there are folk religions. Tibet has its folk religions and, you know, Japan and China have their folk religions. And then you get your deeper theologies like, you know, St. Augustine or something, you know, where they're trying to say something a little bit deeper. And I think even in C.S. Lewis, it's written for kids, but I think he's trying to say something deeper there. At least it it sounds that way to my ears. What do you think? Oh. Uh, or Justin? Yeah. No, yeah I was Justin, just to say there's, there's a there's a progressivism, I think, in the C.S. Lewis uh, idealization of Christianity that you see reflected in Eastern religions, right? You, you see this kind of betterment. Yeah. You don't have, you know, and again, to, to kind of put this in a, in a, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a basic format, I would say, you know, the, the eternalism is a static environment. It's a static quality. Nothing changes. You've attained, attained this highest good. You're in heaven with, you know, what, everything you want. Um, it's almost hedonistic at a level. And it is selfish, as Daniel pointed out. It is a very self-centered, uh, structured belief system. Mm -hmm. And to, 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 to kind of go and then say, well, maybe we have a progressive set of heavens or where you can go further up and further in and develop the self even more and approach the divine, which may be infinitely away, but nevertheless, you're making progress to attaining it. Uh, that is more sophisticated. I agree with, with what you said, Eric. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah. And I, and I think that's true. I think this, that is a, a particularly deep kind of just philosophical view on this, right? That is probably not shared by all traditions because it puts a lot of responsibility on the person, you know, to continue. Whereas, you know, when they, you know, they, use, they, they like to use the term enter into the kingdom of heaven, right? And entering meaning like there's potential, at least my interpretation, that there's a gate, that there might be some number of accumulated deeds or actions or ways of being or something like that, that will, will give you enough, you know, karma points, if we're going to use a, a, an Eastern term, but, <laughs> you know, enough kind of, you know, I don't know, equity, right. That, that you can enter into this place that is, uh, you know, as Justin mentioned, kind of eternal, like, okay, I'm there now. Like here, I, okay, I did enough. I saved enough. I did You know, I helped enough old ladies across the street. Now I'm a good person. Is that, you know, is that how it works? And like, when you don't take that view and you do c continue to ascend higher and higher, then I don't think you necessarily sit on any one particular ideals, but more or less like the, the development of the self towards something that is maybe beyond what an individual could be or do on their own outside of society, you know? Yeah. You know, the, the, the accumulation of deeds you refer to there made me think of uh, somebody toiling away in a factory and punching in and out 40 hours a week, going home, you know, to the wife and children and trying to accumulate, you know, it's, how is that not the same as accumulating money? You know, uh, mm -hmm. it's a, it's a capitalist view of, of paradise and reward. Well, back on, uh, back on uh, SNL, back in the day, uh, that used to be Father Guido Sarducci. And <laughs> 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 it go like, uh, uh, life really is literally a job. Like every day you're getting paid you know, and you're getting a certain salary. If you do something nice, you get a bonus. And then he's for each sin. And he went through the whole bit and I won't do the whole bit, but he's kind of saying, you know, uh, if you really murder someone, well, you just lost like a million dollars off your wages, you're screwed, you know, <laughs> and the right. sins go down from there. But the funniest part of the bit was he said, well, masturbation is 25 cents. <laughs> he was 25 cents each time. <laughs> but then he said like, but it adds up, it adds up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> And he said he has this terrible nightmare where he's dreaming that he's like at the pearly gates with uh, Peter and they're doing the tally and he ends up 25 cents short. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, 
there is a there is a toil equality to it. And I guess if you're a cynical person, you know, Justin, and you and I could be a little bit this way, you would say, well, that's trying to convince people that they're supposed to work. So I suppose if you want to go Freud cynical on it, you could argue that 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 paradigm is to encourage people just to kind of trudge away at things on a daily basis, you know, kind of just putting up with life as it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I was I was actually wanted to say on, on that particular part, like, you know, if that's someone's lot in life, it doesn't mean that they can't find ways to improve themselves in, in, you know, some small fashion if they have a lot of responsibilities, but that like, that's also not required. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not a requirement. Like, you know, for whoever's listening to this, we're not taking the position that that is, you know, the, the ascension that's, you know, self-work or self-worth or whatever is not required in order to do whatever that ascending that people have referenced is, right? Like we cannot determine what's in someone's heart positive or negative, you know? And so if there is something that extends beyond this particular life, ultimately what that person holds with inside themselves and how they live in their life, that's what determines whether or not, you know, there's any, I don't know, thing that carries over positive or negative. I, I can't say. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I, like, I think if I had a message I'd like to like get out to people on the show and I was raised Catholic too. So I, like, I get these things. And I think you're saying, something kind of important, Daniel, the way it sounds to me, which is, you know, if you have responsibilities and things that you have to take care of on your daily basis, love your kids, you know, do your job and do that, you know, you're doing a noble thing. I think that's true. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I think the other part of it, though, when you start talking about climbing that big tree of life, like almost like what C.S. Lewis is talking about, you keep on climbing because you're heading up to, you know, the, the, the Tao, you know, the source of things, you know, uh, you know, maybe that's something that we need to talk about more just in the way Christianity is presented, because that's a little bit more of a mystical twist. And that's mm -hmm. probably like a healthy twist for people to get exposed to. So, I mean, that part I kind of would like to share. You know, if people haven't thought about the Christian mystic side. There's a lot of good stuff there. Right. And maybe yeah, we don't yes. always hear that in our culture. No, agreed. I got I got one last thing, I guess. Yeah, and I'll throw it back off to you. I'll just. Uh, in terms of this whole heaven thing and all that. But there's a show that I watch with my supernatural. I won't go through the whole show, but uh, if you haven't seen it yet, it's, it's much weirder than anything you're ever going to see on network television. <laughs> like uh, the, the final season, they're at war with God. So it's like, it's a, it's a weird show, <laughs> but uh, heaven is a place that you can break into in the world of supernatural. And what happens is, is once you break in, everyone has their own individual heaven. So they kind of handle that problem that way. And for one mm. person, it's like their favorite honky-tonk bar. And for another person, it's like the Ramones concert that they went to back when they were 17 <laughs> or whatever it was. You know, So they, they kind of handle it in a weird way because they're recognizing what you, you're talking about. It can be kind of selfish, you know? And there is something where, you know, those people may not want to see you forever, <laughs> even though you right. want to see them forever. You know, there's something odd about it. So, Okay. Okay, that, that, was, uh, that was good. <laughs> you guys have anything else before we leave the Christian stuff? Or, uh, oh, uh... Just, just to add that, Eric, what we were just saying there about, you know, and talking about the cell, you, you could have a solipsistic version of heaven, right? You could have infinite copies of heaven, right? And every, yeah. every, every person gets their own copy of heaven and their copy of heaven has, you know, it's the matrix analogy, has all the automata, that represent grandma and, you know, the puppy that died and they live forever in harmony in this yeah. static, unchanging, but ever so wonderful place. Um, but ultimately they're alone and there is no, you know, I mean, that's the reality of it. And, and that I think is, 
is kind of like a nihilistic endpoint for that eternalist view, right? What's what's to say that isn't what happens? Because like you're saying, if if my ex-wife got into heaven and I got into heaven, we hate each other, then how is it heaven, right? You wind up having mm -hmm. these logical conundrums start rising and it just, it leads down the never ending rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. That's a little bit true about Buddhist conversations too, that you can kind of end up with these kind of conundrums that you have to think about. That's a good point. Okay, you got anything else on that, Daniel, or should I push it through? No, no, we're good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, the, the, final, the final part of it is, like, yeah, I know people who want to spend eternity with their spouse, but the spouse doesn't want to spend eternity with them. So, okay, <laughs> that's my closer. <laughs>